Canecast episode number three, a market review of the first quarter of 2014 and an outlook for the rest of the year. Welcome to Canecast, a podcast series by Kane Anderson Rudnick Investment Management, where we offer timely commentary on the performance of financial markets, the global economy, and our various investment strategies. Welcome to Canecast. My name is Len Hirsch, and I'm the Assistant Director of Marketing Communications for Kane Anderson Rudnick Investment Management. Today, our guest is Doug Foreman, the Chief Investment Officer of Kane Anderson Rudnick. Doug is joining us today to give a market review of the first quarter of 2014, as well as his outlook for the rest of the year. Hey, Doug, thanks for joining us today. Well, hello, Len. Thanks for having me. So, Doug, let's get right into it. The first quarter of 2014 is in the books. Can you tell us what happened to the stock market this past quarter, and in particular to equities? Well, then, uh, domestic equities generated modestly positive returns in the first quarter, and this is on the heels of last year's extraordinary 30%-plus returns in the equity market. Uh, Despite the fact the market was very strong last year, historically speaking, markets are sort of long overdue for a correction of 10% or more, and so far, equities have only experienced a modest pullback, roughly less than 6% in the first part of the quarter, roughly the first five weeks. And for the full quarter, the S&P index of large-cap stocks actually managed to advance 1.81%, while small stocks lagged a little bit, but still leaked out a gain of 1.12%. Okay, and how about fixed income, Doug? Well, bond yields fell during the quarter. The 10-year in particular surprised people by falling in yields from 3% plus to down to about 2.7% in the quarter. And this was in response to a lot weaker than expected economic data that we saw during the first quarter. So the Barclays U.S. Ag Bond Index actually gained 1.84%, which offset not all but most of last year's loss. Uh, High-yield bonds, municipal bonds, and emerging market debt, which are the most credit-sensitive parts of the bond market, were very strong performers within fixed income, uh, dramatically outperforming the Barclays Ag for the quarter. Okay, so Doug, we all know that 2013 was an atypically strong year in terms of returns for the market. But beyond that, what do you think is the main reason behind why returns so far this year have been comparatively modest? I think equity investors reacted negatively to a a slew of somewhat disappointing economic data in the first part of the first quarter. Uh, This is largely, we believe, in response to poor weather. Um, And as the quarter progressed, it became clear to most investors that the winter storms in many parts of the country were distorting Uh, many of the economic indicators that were coming in. So as a lot of states began to unthaw during the the end of the quarter, the economic data started to pick up. Uh, Today we saw jobless claims down to the 300,000 level, which is the lowest it's been in the last seven years, well before the financial crisis. It wasn't even as low as this. So, you know, even the labor market you're starting to see after after a period of uh, poor winter stats, uh, some some pickup in, uh, in economic data. Okay, so pretty modest growth in the U.S. Did we see the same kind of progress around the world? Well, emerging market stocks, which had a very rough 2013, they actually declined in value as many investors liquidated uh, emerging stock holdings due to the rise in interest rates in the U.S., uh, which had a negative impact on uh, interest rates in in numerous emerging markets. That combined with some uh, chaos abroad uh, that we've seen 
resulted in negative returns for the emerging markets in the last year. They also modestly declined in the first quarter. They were down about 0.43%, so a little bit less than 1%. So emerging markets to us seem to be bottoming out and are actually starting to improve. Um, from a global perspective, events around the world also contributed to the volatility that we experienced in emerging markets in the first quarter. You know, obviously the Crimean vote to succeed from the Ukraine and join Russia, as well as Russian troops massing on the border of the Ukraine, has impacted European consumer confidence um, and put some shivers in many people's uh, outlook for uh, the European economy. There were also concerns during the quarter about China's growth rate. Uh, in the month of January and February, in particular, many economic statistics were weaker than expected, particularly industrial production in China. And rising labor costs and weak commodity markets in many of these emerging markets has also challenged their governments and, and their ability to, uh, to maintain peace in their respective countries. But on a positive note, you know, low levels of inflation and very slack labor markets around the globe give central banks a lot of ability to continue their stimulative policies. Even Germany, which historically has been the most hypersensitive in terms of inflation, uh, is starting to become more concerned about deflation than they have been historically. Well, thanks, Doug. That certainly helps us understand what happened in the first quarter. Um, what's your outlook going forward? Do you think we'll continue to see this the same kind of progress for the rest of 2014? Sure. I think, you know, despite Mother Nature throwing a short-term monkey wrench into our economic growth in the first couple months of this year, I think as the country begins to thaw during the next few months, I think you're going to see a material improvement in economic growth rates, probably from the 1, 1.5% rate in the first quarter up to 3 to, uh, to 4% by the third quarter and maybe stronger than that by the fourth quarter. So we think as the year unfolds, we're going to see uh, accelerated growth uh, we just think it's been delayed, not derailed, in terms of uh, the growth that we were expecting from the end of 2013. Uh, and the growth will come from gains in consumer spending, less government austerity this year, and a, a good monetary backdrop. Uh, Janet Yellen's made it fairly clear that until the slack labor market and inflation picks up dramatically, that uh, they will continue to be extremely accommodative in their monetary policy. Well, so, Doug, this sounds pretty positive. Are you saying we can expect pretty smooth sailing here for a while, or at least as far as equities are concerned? Well, I think the year's already been very choppy, despite the fact that the indices overall haven't moved much. There's been a lot of carnage below the surface. There's been a lot of rotation uh, out of high-growth areas, for instance, lately, and into areas like utility and energy. There's been rotations out of domestic equity stocks recently and into some emerging market stocks, which have been beaten down. So we think the year is going to be characterized by a lot of choppiness and a lot of rotation, unlike last year, which was pretty much a straight-up year for, without many corrections and without many, much rotation underneath the surface in 2013. So we do think it's going to be choppier than, than usual and certainly choppier than last year, which was unusual in its, uh, in its lack of volatility. Um, so expect more volatility, but we, we think at the end of the day, uh, equity returns will end up being positive probably up mid to high single digit for the year. We're not expecting a repeat of 2013 returns. That would be um, highly unusual for that to happen. Uh, and we think that one of the biggest risk factors to our forecast going forward that is positive is that China, uh, you know, China has a hard landing as opposed to being able to sustain a growth rate that's positive and 
particularly north of 7%, which we're fairly comfortable they'll be able to do given their financial flexibility. But that, I think, is the biggest risk factor going forward. If we're correct on our assessment that the economic growth will uh, accelerate as, uh, as the year unfolds here from here, then we would expect bond yields to start to rise somewhat, probably back to the 3% or slightly higher level. Well, thank you for your insight and your time, Doug. That was really helpful. And thank you to everyone who listened in. We hope you're enjoying the series so far, and we encourage you to get the most up-to-date episodes by either downloading a podcast app and subscribing to the KaneCast feed via iTunes or by just listening to the KaneCast player on our website. KaneCast is the official podcast series of Kane Anderson Rudnick Investment Management. Kane Anderson Rudnick provides this communication as a matter of general information. The opinions stated herein are those of the speakers and not necessarily the opinions of Kane Anderson Rudnick or its affiliates. Portfolio managers at Kane Anderson Rudnick make investment decisions in accordance with specific client guidelines and restrictions. As a result, client accounts may differ in strategy and composition from the information presented herein. Any facts and statistics quoted are from sources believed to be reliable, but they may be incomplete or condensed, and we do not guarantee their accuracy. This communication is is not an offer or solicitation to purchase or sell any security, and it is not a research report. Individuals should consult with a qualified financial professional before making any investment decisions.